0: Hello, I'm Sarah Day, Policy and Research Manager at the HFMA, and you're listening to HFMA Talk, the podcast for NHS Finance. In this episode, we get the perspective of a commissioner and hear from Mark Bakewell, Chief Financial Officer for both Liverpool and Knowlesley CCGs. Mark shares his experiences of working in a CCG throughout the pandemic. He highlights the importance of system working and supporting the wider health and care community through working with hospices and the voluntary sector as well as emerging primary care networks. Hi, Mark. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Hi, Sarah. Hope you're well.
0: So, could you start by telling us about your organisation and the population that you support?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so my name is Mark Bakewell, I'm Chief Finance and Contracting Officer. Um, I serve two CCGs in Merseyside in the northwest. So, Liverpool CCG and also Knowsley CCG from uh, October of last year um two very uh interesting ccgs within the sort of the, the economy so for give you a bit of a size and scale so liverpool's population around 530 odd thousand um and a sort of resource limit of around 960 million and then those one hundred sixty five thousand uh population and around again 330 sort of million so yeah so big big numbers within the, the Mersey system um i think i think it's probably fair to say that both are uh, really uh, challenge CCGs in terms of the population that it, that it serves, in terms of the demographics and some of the inequalities that we have uh, up here in in, in Merseyside. Um, uh, so I think, you know, they're, they're important factors really within the sort of the, the characteristics of, of both organisations, really. Um, some really sort of affluent um, wards within our uh, uh, sort of ccg footprints but then equally some really deprived areas as well so we, we have sort of that that dynamic which i know you know many ccgs do have but it does really sort of bring out some of the sort of the, the interesting sort of factors in terms of how we we go about our business um in terms of i suppose other bits of information really i think uh other factors are Uh, local authorities as well so again both are coterminous with their uh, local authorities and and both again uh, local authorities have been really impacted on by sort of cuts over the last few years so some really significant challenges there which obviously has an impact on sort of health um within within the system really um in terms of other aspects i think it it's probably one to sort of reflect on that um merseyside in particular has a large number of providers um so we've got a really big, large acute trust. So uh, Royal Liverpool and Aintree Hospitals uh, merged together again last October. So they've become a new organisation, so Liverpool University Hospitals. And then we've got um, a, a significant number of smaller specialist trusts as well. So again, we, we we have to deal with the complexity of large number of providers within our system, uh, together with Merseycare, who are our community and um mental health provider in Liverpool and then northwest boroughs as well in in sort of the nosley patch so you know a really significant number of providers um i suppose just to reflect on nosley as well so is quite an interesting uh ccg in that it sort of has the uh, both facing the north mersey system but equally into the mid mersey system as well so um also dealing with sort of the st helens um and nosley trust and obviously then a range of other stakeholders uh, in, in those two systems. So, yeah, in terms of my role, trying to juggle uh, both jobs within the week and trying to, I suppose, uh, make sure I don't sort of focus too much on any one thing at any given time, really. Um, and there's lot, always lots of sort of juggling to be done with it within the week. And as I say, serving those two CCGs mm. and serving those two sort of community uh, aspects within the week is is obviously part of the Part of the day job.
0: So, what impact has uh, COVID nineteen had then in your area uh, and for you as an organisation?
1: Yeah, so I, I think like everyone, really, it's it's pretty much life's been turned upside down since the beginning of March. Really, um, I think if you, if you sort of scan your mind back a, a few months, uh, we were getting on with the job in hand around sort of planning um, for the new year as well as trying to close down. Uh, the the old financial year, Um, you know, contract negotiations were taking place. We were doing all the relevant sort of planning uh, updates through uh, governing bodies. So I remember the 10th of March was our governing body meeting in Liverpool, where we were talking about the the plan for the year ahead and setting out our objectives and the financial sort of position. And then pretty much um, since that point, obviously, um, the world has has pretty much changed. Um, So I think, and, and I know we'll probably touch on it, you know all the way through the, the conversation but you know life um certainly finance and contracting life as as we know it has, has pretty much been been turned upside down as i say so you know a couple of examples of that so obviously we're not doing any contracting and, and sort of financial agreements at the moment that's all pretty much um set out to us by the, the national sort of direction Um we don't have any sort of issues therefore in terms of local contract negotiations and what we would you know be starting to do at this time time of the year trying to understand how the early sort of pattern has started to flow um other aspects really around sort of you know chc and you know norm, normal sort of patterns of behavior and conversations there as well because obviously some of that's been suspended via the um you know the, the new guidance around discharges etc so you know there's lots of change that's happened um and i think the other aspect is obviously been around sort of the physical uh, environment as well. So we've had to significantly change the way that CCD operates in terms of our internal staffing. So you know, remote working, use of technology. Um, everyone's now an expert on the various sort of video conferencing, um, sort of uh, tools and techniques that we've had to use to to make it work. Um, and I think on a you know on a personal perspective as well, it's that um work-life balance thing as well around obviously working from home a lot more and trying to make sure you get you know both yourself and the team sort of in a you know in a a good place there as well because obviously it's a significant change that we've we've all um, been experiencing in the last few weeks and months really.
0: So things have completely changed and a lot of the stuff you'd normally do has dropped away so what has been the CCG's role in supporting the work to tackle the pandemic?
1: Yeah, so a number of aspects, um, Sarah, really. So I think they're both a combination of internal and and external, really. So uh, externally, I think there's been around trying to adapt to the, the new environment. So, sort of locally, we've got both an out of hospital and a hospital cell, which obviously we, we need to understand their sort of work plan and, and, and pattern and how the CCG uh, links into that. Obviously, there's been uh, creation of uh, a number of different patterns of of patient flows, so excuse the sort of the terminology, but hot and cold sites, or red and green, or um, sort of different terminology that's being used to try and support patient cohorting. Um, equally, sort of new things like testing facilities, and obviously we're mm. get, getting involved in all sorts of um, sort of responses to the sort of local pandemic issues that we've, we've got up here in in Liverpool. Um, I think in terms of CCG role, it's been around trying to, I suppose, build on the relationships that we've got. And I think what I would say is, you know, the relationships that we have up here are, you know, really strong. And I think it's really helped us in this sort of uh, sort of interim period, because, you know, we've had to do things at pace and I've had to work really closely together to, to get some of these things up and running. So I think that's been a real positive of the, the sort of system that we operate within. And a couple of examples of that, I suppose you know the local authority, um, sort of work that we do both in Liverpool and the actually, in terms of trying to, you know, k- keep things sort of moving forward, and as I say, responding to sort of need, and and equally in areas such as primary care as well. So you know, work with primary care networks and 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 the leadership of those, um, sort of organisations really to try and help and support again how we can we can move those forward. I think internally with obviously had to um, reorganize ourselves differently as well. So uh, looking to sort of, I suppose, create two sort of distinct sort of arms, really. So one, dealing with the business as usual around sort of making sure that, you know, we can keep the organization going. And as I say, lots of HR and, and sort of organization issues that, that we've had to deal with, IM&T, you know, making sure everyone's sort of safe and, um, you know, continuing to sort of Keep well within within this period, and then, you know, secondly, sort of dealing with with the response really in the incident. So again, lots of sort of different aspects to that. But you know, incident team that meets on a regular basis, sort of again liaising with and interactions with our providers within the city, and and sort of trying to keep all that together through daily uh, sort of team calls, really to make sure that both on an internal and external basis that that uh, you know we've got a grip on everything and. Things that then need escalating up, up and through sort of the various chain um, of, of command, really up to the NHS England team, um, is done in a sort of an organised way. I think in terms of finance and, and mm. contracting, obviously we've we've really had to rethink and, and go back to our business continuity plans to some degree. So obviously it's been very clear to us what our role is in the in the sort of the, the interim period, was around making sure we get the cash flowing around the system, making sure providers are receiving. Sort of, you know the, the money to, to make sure things keep going um really acting as that point of contact to make sure that uh, we can sort of escalate issues as as i've described really and and, and keeping keeping the wheels and sort of turning really in terms of the, the day-to-day practice um and then trying to get our heads around all these new pieces of guidance as well so one in particular being sort of the discharge guidance and again working with our providers within the within the two systems, really, to make sure that we can support uh, and maintain some of the, for example, discharge flows and, you know, working with local authority colleagues on sort of how that how that's looking and feeling in terms of payments. So, yeah, lot lots going on. And, again, you look back over the last sort of eight weeks and you think, you know, we've come such a long way um, in, in trying to deal with what was obviously very uh, sort of unique circumstances.
0: So have you seen changes in how your system works as well? You obviously said you've already got good relationships, but have processes changed or things speeded up
1: yeah there's been lots of um lots lots of changes really so some some i suppose that we were expecting to to sort of try and uh, develop i suppose as a system that have um been enabled really I suppose by by the changes that we've had to make so for a couple of examples really so outpatients for example we're doing a lot more virtually and, and again a credit to the system I think we've been in a really good place because of the sort of infrastructure and investments that have been made locally um, so you know we, we've been able to do that uh, really uh, really well uh, in terms of the systems and the providers I think I've mentioned already that again the sort the, of the different patient cohorting seems to have, have worked really well to to some degree so we've got a really stable system at the moment in terms of our capacity to to be able to deal with those different yeah. things so i i think there's been lots of changes in the in the short term so again the hot and cold sort of science again the the primary care networks have been you know really uh progressive in terms of their thinking really and, and enabling lots of those different sort of patient-facing uh, services to be able to be changed sort of relatively quickly in order to move some of those forward. So I think that uh, that's only been possible because again of the relationships and you know the positive intent that everyone's had um, and obviously the CCG's role in that is, is trying to make sure that we we enable that to happen and, and, and deal with any issues as and when they come up. So you know PPE you know is not just an issue here I know but trying to make sure we get you know the right the right products out to the, the right parts of the system as as best we can really given some of the con- constraints that have been there.
0: So have primary care networks made a difference to the response from how primary care was organised before they were developed?
1: So uh, I think they, I suppose just reflecting on our local situation, what they've enabled us to do is have um, a a lower number i suppose of in of, of conversations as opposed to so for a talk i suppose about the numbers so liverpool has got 85 individual gp practices and nosley's got uh, around 30. um the the issue is obviously you can't have that many individual silo conversations so through the pcms mm. and through you know the the leadership teams clinical directors within those sort of networks we've been able to get you know further and faster i suppose than we would have done in in previous times um that's not to say things are perfect by any means because obviously you know they themselves are you know having to learn and 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 work differently and work in a, in a very different environment um but i think it's given us an opportunity to start to think about how that that shapes up really going forward so i i think it's been a really positive um positive change for us in in, a, in being able to move mm. those conversations forward and again they i'm sure are reflecting on what's worked well and what hasn't worked well and again you know some of the the things that, that are needed often behind the scenes to make some of these things happen so you know some of the governance aspects or you know IMT, and, and again things like telehealth and how they've had to adapt their clinical practice to sort of the circumstances that we're in. So it's it's been a learning experience for everyone, but I think it's been definitely one where we've we've tested out the model of what what has um, what has worked well and indeed how do we think it needs to operate going forwards.
0: And you don't just contract with NHS providers. There's obviously other things that you do such as working with hospices and voluntary community sector. How have you seen that change over this period?
1: Yeah, indeed. So um, you know they play a really important role within our, our system dynamics. And again, mentioning the sort of the I suppose the population that we have, they, they are integral really to making sure that we don't miss out on, you know, key sort of segments of the population. So hospices, um obviously really important in, in a number of ways. But again, we've been in close conversations with them over their sort of financial position and, you know, some of the uncertainty that they've had. Um and working through again with them in terms of some of the guidance around uh, some of the national funding that, that that's been working through um, trying to stay close to a, to some of our voluntary sector organisations as well again in terms of some of the work that they've been doing and I mentioned at the start really around some of the characteristics really of both Liverpool and Osley as we know we've got some really vulnerable patients within our uh, footprint and, and needing to make sure that they again get the best support that we can possibly provide so trying to you know keep stitched into to the conversations on the ground and again trying to work through any support that that can be given within the sort of the um you know the powers that we have and the, you know the the financial capability that we have during this time to um keep things moving uh, one of the i suppose the challenges that we've had over the last few weeks has been identification of those patients so you know vulnerable patient lists and and working with our practices and and partners really to make sure that we get the support out there to the to 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 the people of of both Liverpool and those are really to make sure that we we give them as much support as we can.
0: So just going back to your finance team and and the people that you're responsible for you're in the office today um, but is everybody working at home how is that going? And has have people seen their roles change as well? Thinking about how some of the CCG role has changed.
1: Yeah. So, uh, again, we were, we were, I suppose, already working towards being more mobile and agile uh, as a team, really. So, I think we we've, we've been in a really good place from a technology point of view. So, you know, we we've we've most most of the team have already had sort of you know the ability to work remotely via sort of their laptops, etc um pretty much from day one the team have been working from home so we've got sort of daily contact calls through our sort of structures to to make that happen and i'm really lucky both my sort of finance deputies in in both liverpool and Knowsley, you know take a lot of the the strain on that sort of making sure again keeping keeping people sort of informed and and involved in the, the various conversations and making sure they're getting the sort of the support that they need so we've been um, I suppose working towards trying to make sure that they've got everything that they need in terms of equipment, and then I suppose from a mental and a, a, a sort of a well-being perspective, trying to keep in touch and make sure they they you know have conversations with each other and and and, and keep in touch in that way. Um, yeah, in terms of the rest of the organisation, most most of the team are uh, working from home. We do have. Sort of a, an incident room here from a Liverpool perspective that again is looking to coordinate the local system. So um, that's one of the reasons many office today is sort of the on-call on um, for any incidents that need escalating up. So we've got a small team that have worked really hard to to um, keep things turning. Um, and then again across Knowsley, we, we've got daily calls with, with the team. And with the sort of the exec team as well, just trying to keep on top of things and moving things forward. So it's been a real significant change to, um, the way, the way of working. Um, I think there's been some really positive aspects because again, I think we've, we've moved really fast and I think it's demonstrated that we can do these things. Um, but we just need to be really mindful that, you know, as time progresses, the, uh, you know, the, there are some downsides to it and we need to make sure we don't, we don't miss out on those. So um as i say making sure people's well-being is, is is sort of up there in the importance as well uh we're really lucky i think in the in the some of the hr support that we've had as well so you know really sort of trying to focus on communications and you know uh in in those we have a what's called a chat with the chief where diane does um you know video conferencing with, with the whole sort of organization trying to make sure that we've um you know we're keeping people informed in terms of what, what's going on both on a I suppose, a national and a local basis. Um, and we had one yesterday in, in Liverpool with Fiona, who's our chair, um, yeah, again, briefing sort of the organisation regards to sort of current events and, and circumstances around how things are progressing. So I think we've adapted to it really well. I think we've been, as I say, fortunate to some degree that, We've been investing in sort of the, the technology and the investments around sort of mobile work in any way. So we've been able to, to sort of reap the benefits of that. Um, and I suppose I shouldn't sort of miss out sort of our, um, IM providers as well. So, uh, iMerseyside in, in Liverpool and, um, St. Helens information sort of support as well in, in, in mid Mersey, who've really, you know, they've done a brilliant job in making sure that everything works for people. So, you know, Uh, again the the networking of making sure that these video conferencing uh, technology can work and and is and has been a you know a real success um, right the way through to you know building laptops almost at at breakneck speed really to to make sure we plug some of the gaps in uh, in the infrastructure as well so it's been a real team effort and I think again really proud of the the team and the way that they've um, delivered everything I think uh, you know, this time of year as well has been a significant challenge for us in terms of year-end accounts and audit and all that stuff as well. So sometimes you forget what what has been achieved in in those circumstances as well, um, and making sure that we we submitted on time, which again both both teams were able to do so. So credit to them for the way that they've pulled together and, and made it all work.
0: And how has audit been going? Trying to do it remotely.
1: Yeah. So um, it. it it's still early days, I think. Um, But again, positive conversations that we've had. Obviously, they've had to adapt. So, you know, they're not on site. They're working remotely as teams themselves. I think they're trying to use their technology. So we've been... um sort of uploading documents to them and and again to date that seems to be working really well again regular contact with our sort of lead auditors to make sure they're getting everything that they need and and that the team are responding in a certain way Um, obviously the deadline being extended both the draft submission and then obviously the full submission gives us a little bit more breathing space but I think we're all keen to make sure that you know we don't we don't just waste that sort of extra few weeks really so that we can we can keep moving forwards because there's mm. plenty of other things to keep us occupied and you know everyone probably just wants to get them done as <laughs> as best we can really so again a real sort of uh, positive effort from the team
0: so people are beginning to talk about getting back to a, a fuller service in the NHS reestablishing some of the things which had to be paused whilst we first tackled the pandemic so what do people need to? Understand about the role of CCGs and commissioners in re-establishing some of those areas, and and what your requirements will be of them as as that happens.
1: So, um, obviously, we're in a a slightly different period in time where you know normal functions and normal activities obviously have been suspended for you know inevitably the right the right reasons. I think what we what we need to remember, I suppose, is what what CCGs are there to do and how they help to manage systems and 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 manage sort of getting to you know get the right result really. So I think if you go back to the CCG's role in, for example, the commissioning cycle, it, it fits in in a number of different ways. Um, and I think what we've got to try and do is obviously work to the you know the the position nationally in terms of how command and control is very much needed to make sure that we you know we can keep sort of organizations and and the population as safe as can be but equally not not um not missing out on the opportunities that obviously local commissioning organizations can bring to um bring to the system so you know we've got a, a real role to play i think in terms of as I say, the early stages of un- understanding the population and making sure that you know we're, we're not missing out on sort of the, some of the key building blocks of of what services that need to be delivered and how they're delivered in terms of making sure we're keeping people safe and and that the quality of services that are being provided are obviously. Um, of the utmost importance, and keep an eye on those on those different things. I think again, I've mentioned it a couple of times, but you know, really acting as that interface and and managing relationships between the different parts of the system. Um, our system is 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 complex, and you know there are multiple organizations and parties involved in you know most aspects of it. So again, trying to make sure that we we keep that stitch together, and particularly as we head towards the you know the recovery period, making sure that again we're, we're 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 building on those sort of aspects really so that we can get a safe and sustainable um, improvement back to sort of whatever level of normality we can get to over the next sort of three to six months. Um, I think from a finance and contracting perspective, I think it's really important. Again, we work through the different aspects of, of what we need to do at the various points in the year. So there's a lot of work going on at the moment around understanding sort of expenditure. So, uh, you know whether that be COVID-related expenditure or more sort of business as usual as well. So again, I mentioned earlier the sort of things like the discharge guidance and understanding the sort of the, the, the patient flows and making sure that the cash is flowing to to the different parts of the system. Obviously, things like hospices as well, trying to keep sort of a, a, a track of all of those. And there's there's you know there's still lots of unanswered questions that we're still working our way through. Um, in terms of trying to manage manage the next three six, nine months so that we can be in a, you know as best place as possible as as and when things return back back to normal
0: so is there anything else that you would like to talk about?
1: i think just just a reflection that I think i have probably touched on it in it in a couple of ways I think it's been a really difficult and challenging time in many ways but equally there's been lots of positive aspects as well that, that you know I, I think we're all hopeful that we can build on going forward so uh you know as i say relationships have been you know real have been tested and i think have really stood up to um what was what was felt like was a really positive relationship i think sometimes they only get sort of really demonstrated in those difficult times i think there's been things that we've all always struggled with which i think has been demonstrated that we can actually um, change things and deliver things when you know circumstances are right so i've mentioned you know some of the technology issues changes in sort of service provision. So whether that be the you know, the hot and cold type um changes that i've had to make and equally from a transactional point of view i think it's it's helped us to really focus on what are the 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 things that add value so we've we've stepped away from lots of transactional processing and I think what I'd like to sort of build on I think locally is looking more towards what are those things that add value to the system so how can we work as a system together which I know again in the national context is what what we were all trying to do but I think it's given us opportunity really to, to move away from some of those transactional aspects and and really think about what's important to the system Um. And working really hard on, again, as we deal with the inevitable sort of peaks and peaks and troughs, really, the next, say, 12 to 18 months as the pandemic sort of plays its way out through the system. How can we design a system that's, you know, fit for purpose for, for our population demands, but equally is, um, scalable, I suppose, and, and manageable within that sort of wider, wider system of, of the relative ups and downs that we have. And finance and contracting teams obviously continuing to help and support that. So adding value to this, the decision making process and really trying to focus on the sort of the outcomes that we're, we're trying to improve for the population and, and reducing that sort of transactional burden. So I think it's a real sort of key, key moment really in our sort of organizational, um, sort of time and, and how we can build on those blocks really to, to move things forward.
0: Mark, that's been really interesting and really good to get a commissioner perspective on on this pandemic. It's not one we've heard so far in our HFMA talk series. So thank you for that.
1: Thanks, Sarah. Hope you stay well.
0: All of the HFMA's COVID-19 related briefings, blogs and news articles are openly available on our website, hfma.org.uk. There is no need to be a member to access these, so please tell your colleagues. We have also launched a forum where finance colleagues from across the NHS can discuss issues and challenges in a safe space. You can sign up via the link in the network section on our website. If there are particular topics you would like future podcasts to cover, then please get in touch via our email address, policy at hfma.org.uk. Thank you for listening to HFMA Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to keep up to date with new episodes.